On this episode of The Roost, we have 18-year-old Josh Mendoza, who just graduated from high school. In the fall, he'll be attending Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and I could not be more excited for him. It's been five or six years since I played guitar with Josh last, and over the years, he's become a phenomenal guitar player. Due to the camera's malfunctioning, this is going to be an audio-only podcast, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Josh Mendoza. studio with Josh Mendoza and Josh just graduated high school so congratulations man thank you thank you uh tell me a little bit about you know what's been going on what you got planned for the future yeah so I'm just graduated high school I am planning on tackling social media now I got some songs in the works I'm gonna release a cover soon um just writing songs writing riffs playing around town I'm excited now that I'm you know done with high school occupying my time now, I know you got accepted to Berkeley College of Music. I did. Are you going? Well, <laughs> uh, I am going. I'm going to try it out for a semester, see how it is. Maybe I'll stay for a year, maybe not. But um, I'm excited for the opportunity and blessed to have the opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's a big deal, man. That's, yeah. You know, you're going to be exposed to some unbelievable people at your age. Like, mm, yeah. you know, you, you are who you surround yourself with. Mm. And to be surrounded with people that dedicated and that um, musically inclined is right. going to rub off mm. no matter what. Yeah. So even if you just stay for one semester or a year or whatever, you know, I'm stoked for you, bro. You're going to you, come out the other end a completely different player. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Dude, I mean, in, in like no time at all, you're going to, you're going to realize the crazy potential that humans have. I mean, I, mm. I can't imagine some of the cats they got walking around there. Yeah. So, you know, good <laughs> luck and, yeah, yeah. you know, soak it in, man. Yeah, I'm That's excited. awesome, dude. So I had to take what I got from Louisiana, you know, all this and yeah. bring it to Berkeley and then get what I have from Berkeley and bring it back to Louisiana, you know, so. Have you thought at all what you would do after Berkeley if you were... Definitely, gonna... like, solo musician, like, doing my own thing, you know. Do you like, think you'd stay in college, though? No, probably not. Oh, really? Mm -mm. Really? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and that's... I really don't have an opinion on whether that's good or bad because ultimately, like, I've got a degree in music business <laughs> and it's not, you know, not, not really getting me a job. I'm not looking for a job, you know. All right. So, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of a lot of debate whether it's worth it or not. Yeah. So that'd be cool just to go grab that experience while you can, man. All right. Take as much as I can out of it, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, if yeah. it happens, I'm going in with an open mind. If it happens, maybe I'll stay for four years and everything. But after I'm planning on, you know, taking it full speed ahead <laughs> career-wise. If I were you and, like, I could do it all over again and, like, go for it, I'd go in there, try and meet as many people as possible, say, mm. hi, my name is Josh Mendoza. Like, what's your name? What do you do? Like, meet everyone, meet anyone. Mm. Even if they look like nobody, they could be, you know, you have no idea who they are, what mm. they, who they know. Yeah. You know, meet everybody. Be the friendliest, be the hardest working. Mm. Like, if I've learned anything playing around here, like, I don't get hired because I'm the best guitar player. Mm. I get hired because I have the best attitude or the, you know, the most, yeah. you know, the best chemistry with that group. It's mm. like your your attitude and your, your personality is going to matter so much more right. than... You know, can you, are you some virtuoso? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, whether you are or not, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I'm stoked for you, man. You're going to, 
you're going to be around some people that are really going to push you to be better because, you know, there's always going to be someone better than you, but mm. you can always try and, you can always try and, uh, if you're honest with yourself, you can always try and make yourself better. You just want to be mm. better than yourself yesterday, man. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the goal as any musician is to be the best that you can be and be the best that you, thing that you do. Yeah. And in my head, it was like, um, lost my train of thought. It's all good. Yeah, you, you want to be the best Josh Mendoza that Josh Mendoza can be. You don't want to be the best. Uh, oh, yeah, right. right. Know, That's where I was going. Yeah. You don't want to be the best John Mayer. You can't you right. can't ever be John Mayer. You can't ever be Joe Bonamassa. So it's like, you know, I'm stoked to see what you got going on because you're already so good at your age. Like, mm, Thank you, man. If you stay humble and you accept that you have more to learn, then, like, you will mm. learn it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my end goal, probably, I mean, like, guitar player-wise is to get what's in the noggin out, you know, and have complete flow state of just head and fingers. And once I get that, I'm going to be, you know, happy. And mm. at the end of the day, I talk to a lot of guitar players who say, like, oh, I messed up this show or whatever. And in my head, I don't really mess up shows if I can get what I have in my head out to the audience and connect with them, you know. It's a good point. So that's my that's my end goal as a guitar player, you know. It's a pretty cool point. Um, yeah, that being said, I know you, you want to do, like, a, a solo thing and you got a project coming out or already out. Mm, but yeah. like I'd also I'd also just remember like man go in with no expectations mm. like you know you have no idea if you're going to meet like the craziest singer in the world over there you, right. could, you know like don't write any of your plans in stone yeah, because yeah. if you go over there with a completely open mind and a completely open attitude then mm. you'll be able to flow and wiggle into any situation you know and you'll be you'll be you'll be lean and you'll be uh, flexible. Right. And so, you, you know, sometimes you, if you put blinders on yourself, say, this is what I am, this is what I'm doing, mm. then you might miss a really big giant opportunity. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely cool to show people what you got, but always mm. remember like some, the biggest thing it has never been made yet. Like, mm. or like the, it's like, you don't, yeah, you don't want to ignore the opportunity that that's there. Like, you, ah, like, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like um, there's a song by um, uh, I don't remember who it's by, but it's called Unanswered Prayers, and it's like this guy basically met his his if he didn't break up with his girlfriend mm. or his girlfriend didn't break up with him in yeah. high school, yeah. he would have never met his wife. And it's like some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Yeah, and it's like if you're praying for this, you know, um, solo career and it doesn't work out, maybe it's because you're supposed to meet the singer in Berkeley. You know who's crazy good and sure. the next Tedeschi trucks or something. You know? Yeah. So we were talking earlier about uh, this this past arts festival that you went to. I saw some videos of you all playing ISAS, which for the people listening at home is like a, an arts festival for music and visual arts for independent schools yeah. to uh, to come together and showcase what they're doing. Tell me a little bit about this past festival for you. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. So um, first of all, we both go to ESA. And, um, yeah, it was a great experience that ESA provided us. Um, and so I think it's like a four or five days, um, uh, trip and we go to Fort Worth and, um, me and my music class, super tight music class. I mean, one of the best bands I've ever been in, uh, mm. friends, great people. I think that has a lot to do with it too, is the friend, the, the people and you know, their, their morals and stuff and like mm. them just being good friends to hang out with too, mm -hmm. you know? And then that made us tighter as a band. So we were going in. I mean, we were ready. To be honest, we were ready to 
you know, take name and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the best guitar player that they have, you know, or, yeah, you, know yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, not a, an ego thing, just like, you know, these Louisiana people got it, you know, we yeah, wanted to show them yeah. what we got. Yeah. So we go in, um, most of us are rock, rock, uh, blues players, you know, rock players. I'm a blues player, rock blues, but, um, a few of us are jazz players. So we did this jazz show. Um, that was our first show, 8 a.m. It was cool. Everything went perfect. We, um, it's like an hour slot, but it's an hour including set down. So this was like our first run through of like what it's going to be like setting down, tearing down. And it it went really well. We ended early. We got all the songs done. I mean, it was uh, sick. We have um, adjudicators too. We had very good responses, very good critiques. So it was awesome. We got to take that uh, into consideration and, and listen to that and uh, di dissect that. So it was awesome. Then after that, we had the, um, the coffee house stage. And that was really sick. It's kind of like it was kind of a warm up to um, to the rock stage, and so we did song. You know, it was, it was um, I mean, they were still rock songs, but it was more chill. So we did like you know like Layla or like Salt and Swing or or some acoustic songs that we wanted to sing. Um, so that went really well, um, and we started telling people about this this ESA playing at the rock show. This whole week we were like, mm. uh, me and my friends actually our, our trick. I don't know if it worked or not. It seemed to work. We were like. So let's say you're say you're my friend. Yeah. Hey, dude, you heard about this band playing at eight o'clock tonight? ESA. I hear <laughs> So we would go around the halls, you oh, know, talking to each other, like, dude, I heard there's this crazy band, ESA, and and then we tell people too. We'd be like, man, you have to come out to. What are you doing tonight? Uh, I don't know. What am I doing tonight? You're coming to a rock show eight o'clock. Yeah. So we spent the whole week because the rock show was the the um, second to last day. Had like an eight o'clock time slot. It was perfect. Yeah. Eight or nine. I don't remember. Yeah. But. So we told everybody, uh, made a lot of friends that way too. I mean, because normally you don't really go up to random people just to like, as many as we did. I mean, we were talking to everybody and we're yeah. just like, then you say, hey, come to a rock show. Oh, well, we'll come to your rock show if you come to ours. And we're like, all right. So yeah. got to meet a lot of musicians that way, a lot of friends. So it was awesome. I met a lot of good people there. But then, you know, the buildup was for that rock show. It was, we've been practicing this rock show. We, uh, we got the set list tight. I mean, we were ready. We were locked in. And so uh, we get dinner at the festival and we head to the rock stage like two hours early just to see one of the bands that we met. And we see that the, the sound, the, um, the, the equipment is off the stage and on this, mm. on the side of the stage. And we're like, what is going on? Like, yeah. like, so we asked these people and they're like, oh, like they, they said the wind's too bad. Like we can't be on stage because it's, it's mm. under a big tent. Yeah. So they're worried about the tent blowing away. Yeah. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we go up to Mr. Smith. We bring in the big guns and we're like, Mr. Smith, we need your help. Like they're they're not gonna let us like we're worried that they're not gonna let us play on the stage. And he's like, All right, I'll talk to him, whatever, you know. So he goes talk to him, we're waiting. Uh this is like now like an hour before our show. And this and we talk to him and he's like, I don't think there's anything we can do. It's not like it's out of our hands and we're like, Okay. So this band's playing before us, they're killer. And then we, we, we powwow, you know, we get together as a group, Mr. Smith and, and the music class. And we're like, Mr. Smith, like, what do we do? Like, this is it's horrible. And he tells us this story about when he was at a festival and the rain was so bad and his, his only, he was, his band was the only one that got canceled. So they moved, um, to through the audience, just like him holding a snare and an acoustic guitar and the audience surrounded him. And, um, it ended up being like one of the best shows of his of his life, just fun, you know, low mm -hmm. pressure. Mm -hmm. And they actually ended up making the the newspaper headline for that festival because mm. it was like you know they made the most of the moment. Yeah. 
Wow. And so that made us, you know, think and, and together as a group, we were like, we got to make the me- the most of this moment yeah. and just make the best of it and, you know, show them what we got. So we, uh, we set up, we, um, the band ends and then we go up and we set up and we're ready. We're rocked and rolling. And we start, um, the song called foreplay. We do foreplay, uh, foreplay long time by Boston, but it's just foreplay and to carry on. And we start, you know, and everybody goes crazy. <laughs> they're like, they're like, it's like a circle, like a, a circle five deep around us, five, you know, five people deep around yeah. this band that we're having. And we're so tight. It starts and, um, Everybody's screaming. Then we stop, you know, carry on my wayward son. And everybody screams. I'm like, everybody knows this song. Yeah. And then after that, we hit it. You know, we're hitting the ground running. We uh, we nail, um, carry on. And then the lights are starting to dim. And um, it's getting dark. And then people start getting their flashlights out. And, you know, we go through like Voodoo Child, um, In the Air Tonight, uh, Impossible Germany, um, uh, master of puppets a couple of other songs you know and i mean it was crazy the the love that we got from fort worth and the people over there and it was such a cool community that we got to meet and i think that the big lesson that i got was make the most of of whatever you have in that situation going back to like the berkeley thing or whatever yeah it's like you got to make the the most of whatever is given to you yeah and i think that was a great lesson and a great experience one of the best nights if not the best night of my life honestly i mean it was insane <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, there'll be many, many more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Many more of them. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's unpredictable. I'm trying to think if I've ever had, like, a show get canceled or anything like that. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, definitely definitely canceled. Man, I, I once played a, a gig. We were outside the Legends Annex, mm. and we were playing, you know, I was playing a little cover band, Hazy Days, and we just got pissed on we and like there was no there was no cover no awning anything all our gear got soaked and we were just running to the (laughs) running to the inside the bar and stuff outside and stuff but you know that made me realize anytime you're playing an outside gig and there's no awning bring tarps Mm. bring trash bags bring like a big like box of hefty gallon bags Mm. just store that thing in your car man yeah. it starts raining you whip that stuff out yeah you know throw them bags on there yeah i had that one time and we were playing and it was raining and my wah got wet and it like <laughs> ruined the wah oh, no, but dude. i mean after that was fine but mm. uh I was, yeah I, I love that i brand new wah and you know <laughs> mm. but blood dryer and it was good dang man dude can i be a berkeley guy <laughs> oh, oh nah, my god I mean, dude do you like the cold man <laughs> it's gonna be cold uh, man i don't know man i mean we'll see you know i like to bring this louisiana thing that i got going on over there and bring it to berkeley and then bring berkeley back to louisiana you know and see what happens yeah i mean yeah. it's interesting i don't know if i agree with the whole um like academic music academic and music uh together in a college setting mm-hmm. i know you went to ul and stuff and i don't know it seems kind of for me it's more like i never think of music intellectually i always think of it like through my heart through my soul so it's going to be interesting to like either try to connect with their teaching me to, you know, what I'm doing or, you know, we'll see. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just definitely, it's definitely going to be a space where there's going to be instructors who've dedicated their lives mm. to this thing. And like, right, right. they might be the top of their field and, and, and you'll be able to pick their brains and be able to, to hear them emote and, 
express themselves and, mm. you know, really the environment, you know, is the most valuable th- part of a college. Mm. So much less of the classroom, so much more of just the people and the connections, you know, going, right. going to college is one part the classroom, but another part, the, the connections really, you know, that's the most important thing. Um, and, and there is a, a gate to that. So like the, the price of Berkeley or the, the auditions to get in, that is gatekeeping the environment, right? Making sure anyone who's in the environment had to, to pass some sort of, you know, check, checklist, you know what I mean? Right. You're definitely going to be surrounded by people that you will not find around here in mm. Louisiana. Mm. You know what I mean? So like we went to we went to ESA, which is pretty nice private school. Mm-hmm. And even if we weren't the the strongest academically, us being surrounded by people who were trying to mm. achieve better. Yeah. And that was the culture of our school right, was right. to do well. And you know, mm. you, you were looked down on if you had bad grades. Yeah. yeah. Where the flip side of that and some other schools with maybe worse environments is like they would look at you as a nerd or look at yeah. you as a tryhard if you were, right. you know, trying to better yourself and yeah. stuff like that. We were surrounded people with good vocabularies, mm. surrounded with people, surrounded by people with, you know, good backgrounds and good, yeah. uh, good upbringings. And it was a safe bubble, mm. but it was a bubble, Definitely, you know, All right. Once you get out into the real world and you live on your own, you you meet all different likes of people, all different kinds of people, all different kinds of backgrounds, you know. Yeah. It it's it opens your your mind up to how big the world really is. Mm. And even then, you know, LSU's a bubble. Right. UL's a bubble. Like whenever I go tour and hit the road and meet people from all over the country, you I mean the world begins to feel very big mm. and it begins to feel very, very different. Um, everywhere you go, you can, you can try new things. There's new experiences all over, mm. you know? Yeah. So this is just definitely going to be one chapter of your life. Right, right. And, you know, that that's what's going to be what's great about it. Now, I don't think that a music degree is like, super super valuable today mm. or anything like that so i know what you kind of mean with it's kind of weird to mix music and, and academic academics because music is yeah it's something you feel it's not something you you know want to do math about right. you know you <laughs> yeah. don't want to do the math of it but right. but ultimately uh it, it is weird learning about music because you know oh you know i find it so weird whenever people talk about music and music theory and they they kind of make rules. Oh, right, and, right, and they, yeah. And they kind of, you know, functional harmony is like a bunch of rules <laughs> that, that old classical guys were putting on music. Mm. And, you know, ultimately that's not how, that's not my relationship with music. All right. That, you know, it's got to follow these rules and it's got to sound a certain way. But... You know, you don't want to push that stuff away either. All right. You know, and I'm sure you don't. You know, I know you know some theory here and there. Yeah. Um, and they'll definitely be putting some theory on you <laughs> at Berkeley, I guess. Yeah. It's like whenever I, I go and talk to like Lee Allen or some other mentor, 
they always have something to offer. Mm. Everyone has something to offer. You never want to like totally rule somebody out. Right, right. So like you're going to go over there and well, I can't, I can't even talk about over there, but just in life in general, it's like, even if you don't agree with everything someone says, it's like their perspective can add to yours. Mm. Their what they have to offer, you know, just because they have a different background and a different, you know, path through life, they, there's going to be something there worth listening to. Right. So just keep your ears open and your mouth closed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's good to use your mouth to network and stuff right. and, and get around. But you don't want it's, to. It's sometimes it's good to say the least in the room mm. and listen to the most, like listen the most. Mm. If you keep your ears open, you're going to learn way more than if you're talking can't listen and talk at the same time. No, I can't. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, even when I'm I'm playing with Lee Allen and stuff, and I might think, oh, yeah, Lee's old, man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's, yeah, just, right, right. he's just busting my balls. Mm. Like, whatever, bro. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, honestly, honestly, like, if I just take what's helpful and mm. still remind, remind myself that, like, I don't have to listen to everything they say. You know, right. I don't have to become who they want me to become, but they'll still they'll still influence me for the better and and that. So you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I definitely feel you know fortunate for the fortunate for the opportunity to go to Berkeley because I'm gonna meet so many people with completely different mindsets, completely different backgrounds than I have, yeah. and being able to you know take what they have and put it into my gumbo and you know whether that's a drummer <laughs> or a singer or you know. Can you cook at all? I cannot. I cannot cook. <laughs> I can cook egos. Man, if you cooked a gumbo at Berkeley, you'd make all the friends in uh, your dorm room. That's a good idea, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude. My cousin cooks a mean rice and gravy, so he's trying to <laughs> oh, he's yeah. trying to teach me. But you know, you'd make all the friends, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I don't know what food's like over there, but how about you? Can you cook? Cook some. Uh, <laughs> cook a mean toast, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can do some toast really well. Yeah. Do some eggs, you know. Can do eggs. Eggs. Yeah, I don't yeah. cook much, man. I just, I just, I'm really good at heating up things. Mm. You know, the microwave. Yeah. Pretty good at the microwave. I got a good system down. You know, take a, a paper towel. Yeah. Put a little water on it. Okay. Put it over. When it gets in the microwave, it steams up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and the steam cooks it. Yeah. You know, that's pretty, it's pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like a eat cheap kind of guy. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I still eat out, but. Just trying to prioritize like, oh, you know, I don't need fries. I just need uh, the protein. I just need right, yeah. like a little a little something to get me through or yeah. scoop of peanut butter or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Right. But. Uh, so I'm curious who are. So when I was in high school, yeah. um, your playing was very different. I mean, you, a lot of your playing and stayed the same, but now you're, you've evolved as a player. Yeah. So I'm curious how your, your, the people that you, um, like your influences have changed throughout your musical journey, like, you know, on a high, on a high level. You know, it's kind of weird to talk about influences cause I don't, I don't want to say that I don't pay attention to my influences, but, um, well, let's see influences like, you know, like Billy Strings, Daniel Donato, Marcus King, those dudes are are super influential, mm. and um, they probably influence me more than I realize, or or 
more than I give them credit maybe. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I don't listen to the music that I play as much. Interesting. I, I listen to the music that I need to learn for gigs and, mm. and then I end up, I end up basically evolving through playing live more and more. Mm. Um, I'd say most of my evolution has come from playing on stage, you know, t night after night and just becoming more comfortable with the fretboard and like with the sounds that I like and finding them, right. finding them on my own, something I identify with. Um, I feel like I was much more influenced when I was younger in high school and stuff like that. Um, and lately, lately I th I've been thinking more as a, as a musician, I don't want to say that like I've lost any soul or anything like that, but I feel more like I'm trying to serve the band instead of mm. trying to serve myself. All right. Yeah. I'm a, I've definitely learned a ton of restraint. I've mm. learned a ton of, of, uh, a ton of tips on how to, how to story tell mm. and stuff like that. But you know, if I, I play, I play a lot of Zydeco and in Zydeco, you, you really, you don't always get a chance to burn. Like mm. sometimes you, you gotta have a kind of like a twangy little trebly little right. tiny solo and just kind of compliment the song and, and not overdo it too much. Mm. And then when you do get to burn, you get to have fun, but right. playing for other people has made me a lot better and mm. it's made me a lot, uh, a lot smarter of a guitar player. And like, you know, like, like Bill Smith was telling us the other day, like, you know, save some of the flash stuff for later. Like, right. you know, if you're storytelling, you want to, you want to build and you want to make sure you don't give the audience everything in the first song or, yeah. or whatever right. like that. So, so my dad's always telling me too, uh, <laughs> when he sees me live, he's like, man, you got to pace yourself. It's not a, it's not a sprint at the first, you know, first song. <laughs> but I still have trouble with that too, man. I, I still, sometimes I just, it's too easy to burn. Like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, man. I don't know, man. But I hear what you're saying. Like when I recorded my EP, it was um, learning that what I played would fit the song. What what I played would fit the song best. And sometimes it wasn't always the flashiest solo or the flashiest riff, right? But more like you know playing to my my melody vocal line. Or if I had R and B chords that were chill and rang through instead of complicated Jimi Hendrix ones or you know something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Or you know playing with singers too, like you said, like. When you're, you don't, you take a very big step back when you're playing, not for yourself. Right. And you listen to the band and see what you can do to help the music. Because at the end of the day, it's the, the song's the most important thing. Whether we know it or the guitar players know it or not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We're trouble, dude. We're trouble, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. And, and playing for myself has been fun. It's been interesting. But at the same time, I'm still, I'm still not convinced that I know what I am yet mm. which I thought I did I thought I had a pretty good hold and that's why I started coming out with all this blues stuff and all that but at the end of the day it's like you gotta at the end of the day you gotta play the music that feels good to you and, and that you love in your heart and uh not play for other people mm. not right we we grew up in, in Louisiana so I feel like we're very influenced by that like we're very influenced by traditional music yeah right, right you know music's very old school and traditional around here mm. and we don't really get a lot of international acts as in like different genres coming right, right. through mm. 
Louisiana. Yeah. People really don't tour through Louisiana as much <laughs> as they should. Uh, right, right. You know? So it's like we aren't exposed to all that's out there. Mm. So I really, I don't want to write the same blues song that everyone else has written already. Like, right. I, I feel like I am... By putting myself in a box, I'm stopping myself from doing the thing that's never been done before. Right. That's and I, I definitely want to I want to see that all the way through. Yeah. I just had a session at Dockside past month, mm-hmm. and we've cut like eight songs, and there was probably like three different genres in the song. Yeah, yeah. And three different genres throughout the whole session. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't normally package them together or, or try and promote this as a brand you know, it's not very cohesive. Mm-hmm. And all the advice I'm getting is like, you know, you really don't want to confuse your customer. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't put a disco song on a blues record. Says who? <laughs> well, but it does make sense. And so I'm not trying to put disco on blues record. What I'm, I, I went in there and did all those things to kind of see what I liked, felt them out and see which direction I'm going to go in. I'm going to have to kind of choose one or two and try mm-hmm. and, Make them make them make, make it make my sound work, you know. So interesting. Yeah. See, when I was making that the EP, I was thinking the same thing. Like I had a, a breakdown because I was like, <laughs> I'm not bluesy enough. My songs are. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. You know, because I, for me, I always felt like playing the blues was an like an honor, especially for like some you know, as you said, we went to like a. a very fortunate to go to like ESA and stuff like this. So when I would play the blues, I would try to give it everything I had and like honor the blues coming from, you know, a privileged, you know, privileged background. Right. Exactly. So when I was writing these songs, I was like, Oh man, like, is it like, am I like, you know, tough enough or like bluesy enough to do this? So some of that was there too. But at the same time, I think being your authentic self is more important than anything. And People, the the people that are listening to music know if you're not being authentic, you know. And uh, after getting some feedback from the people, um, from like people that listen to my music, I was talking about like, oh, like if I have like an acoustic song on this on my like next album, I'm like, I wonder what it's gonna like sound like. And they and this is what they said. They were like, if you're your authentic self and and people connect with you, then people are connect gonna connect with your songs. It doesn't matter what you know genre it is or anything. But at the same time, I also, I see where you're coming from, where you have to kind of, you have to market yourself. You have to be like, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you like in that Dockside session, we had an EDM song mm. right next to a punk song, next to a Rage Against the Machine song, wow. like, next to a blues song. All right. Like, you know, that's and, and that's just, and that's just what comes out of me. I feel, I feel strange today. I was talking to my band last night about I feel like I shot myself in the foot by becoming too versatile. Oh, interesting. So I feel like everything I do is authentic, but at the same time, it's like there's such a wide range of things that I love that it's so strange for me to try and cut out parts of myself. All right. You know? It's like interesting. I, I when I was growing up, I didn't shy away from classical music. I didn't shy away from uh, rock or from you know, blues, any, anything. I, right. I, I was trying to learn as much as possible and become as good as possible at everything that I could. And, and now it leaves me in this place where I, I love everything. And I've got all these, these songs that are like my brain children 
they're like my children. I want to see all of these songs grow up to be full grown adults and thrive and right. flourish. And and now I've I've got to kill some of them or <laughs> or you know leave some on the sidelines. <laughs> I've, I've got to leave some behind. And maybe one day later they'll come yeah. out. But that's that's kind of a sad thought to me. Mm. Um, so I'm just navigating. How am I going to do this thing? And before I release any music, I'm going to really think about what I am trying to do because I've got a lot to think about. And that's such a, that's such a first world problem. That's such a privileged problem because like, oh, I could be anything I want to be. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. But yeah. like, you know, it's, that's just a funny, the funny situation I'm in right now. I think, so I had this happen to me for my guitar playing. I was listening to so many different guitar players and they were all bluesy, but they all sound so different. And like, you know, Eric Gales and, and Derek Trucks, Gary Clark Jr., John Mayer. Um, and I was like, <laughs> how do I get all this to go together and to make my sound? Like it doesn't, it didn't make sense to me. How could I get, how could I put Eric Gales licks next to Derek Trucks licks? But over time playing those over and over again, they start to, you're, you you listen to those people over and over again and your head starts to go, oh, like I did a vocal run. Now if I did a, a pentatonic run after that, you know, it'd be crazy. And so I think like over time, you have all these, all these like separate parts of you, right? And all these like, you know, Rage Against the Machine part of you and Blues part of you. And eventually it's going to meet up to make Pablo Pelerin, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm also holding off on putting my name on it yet. Mm. Um, I'm gonna try and come up with a band name and stuff, so nice, nice. like to try and make multiple projects. Right. You know? I was th- I always thought about that too. Is like if I want to do like an R and B, like if I want to do just instrumental music, like Tom Mish or something, mm-hmm. maybe I could like put make a fake name and then just right. do that. Right. Yeah, very possible. Give man. yourself freedom. I think that this uh, problem that we have in this day and age is like everything seems so permanent for you, mm-hmm. like. You mess like not you mess up, but like mm. you have you release this thing. Mm-hmm. This is Josh Mendoza. It's on the internet forever. It's out there. It's there. Yeah, your baby's gone. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's interesting that that's like a thing we have nowadays where we can't just, you know, like Buddy Guy could go to a, a, a club and experiment, or Hendrix would like experiment mm. with with so many sounds mm. at like a club or in the studio, and he didn't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something we we got to do nowadays too. Everybody cares about what other people think about them with social media and everything. Yeah, and constant like um, input or like you put this thing out and there's like immediate feedback. Right. But you got to turn the feedback loop off. Right. And just do what you do. Yeah. Push through. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me is beginning to think like, you know, who cares what everyone says about how promoting is supposed to be done and what, what branding is, how branding is supposed to be done. It's just like, just, I'm just kind of like flailing in the water right now. (laughs) But like at the same time, I'd rather, I'd rather flail in control than like start, Mm. start, you know, drowning by what, because I'm trying to do what everyone else wants. You know, it is important to not let everyone else, you know, control you and, People can be captured by their audience for sure. And it's like, you know, all these bands that you hear about where they they make some song that 
they don't really care about or whatever, and they put it out, and that's their biggest song. Right. And now everyone wants them to be like that song all the time. Yeah. And they're like, that was just one moment in my yeah. life. Like that, that's not everything I am, and that's not everything I'm gonna be in the future. So like, you know, deal with it. And they might lose fans, and then that's, and then maybe they have pressure from their record label. It's like, hey, you're losing fans. Like, you you need a you need those fans. Yeah. But like that pressure is capturing that artist from being as free and yeah. from expressing whatever it is that they're actually going through. Yeah. You know, so that's tricky water. It's like, you know, some people may be more fortunate than others with their fans supporting them or not supporting them yeah. or how, what their feedback's like. So, you know, whatever you do in the future, I hope that you, you never let, you, you never let a, a bunch of people control your emotions and mm. control how you live your life and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think also, like, a lot of us, I do this too. And I, I kind of just came to this realization as you were talking, honestly. But, like, we separate music. Like, the, the situation you're having with music right now, that's, like, in a music box. And your problems in life is in your life box. But why can't they be together? Like, why can't you take your morals that you have in life and then put, like... Would you ever let somebody tell you like what to do if you don't really want to do it in life? Right, right. So why is it separate from music? Right, and that, that's the whole strange part about music business mm. is like making a business out of something that is inherently uh, not business and personal, personal, <laughs> really personal. Right. and you know, yeah, you hit it on the head. Personal. It's just like this is something that's mine, and now it's it's for everyone else. But at the, yeah. at the same time, it really, I guess, was never mine. You know, music's something you discover, not really something you invent. Or, you, you don't invent it, you know? But the songs are very, per you know, the yeah, right. that you, you wrote those lyrics for, and it's like, yeah. this was in my brain for however long. I was writing these songs in chemistry class, mm -hmm. junior year, mm -hmm. trying to figure this out, and now I'm, like, mm -hmm. sending it off to people and seeing what they're thinking about my mm -hmm. idea. Right. cool though it's music is cool like that yeah yeah it's cool like that it is it, it becomes tricky whenever you start signing pieces of paper with you know companies that you're doing business with record labels or or distributors or whatever managers um anytime you start doing contracts like that you're going to be exposed to uh people manipulating you and, and influencing your, your your trajectory and it's like I'm trying to do as much as possible on my own independently to have as much control over my future and my time right. as possible you know time is so valuable to me like I, I'm not on a you know I'm not like setting setting myself up for the most traditional route of a retirement and having a 401k and having kids like a security blanket, like none of that music is very much so, uh, not essential. So if there's a recession, if there's COVID, if there's something like that, like music is volatile right, right, right. and I'm going down a risky path, but I'm trying to do this so that I can maybe potentially one day have the ability to completely control my own schedule, control my own life. 
like to break free mm. of the nine to five and break free of the of the of the typical you know matrix <laughs> so you know what i mean it's like no yeah that's the cool thing though about music too. Yeah. it's like i feel like it's a gift that we have i mean it's a blessing and a curse but it's a gift that we have this ability that can get us out of this and sometimes it feels like it's a it's a curse and mm. our burden to bear on how we can't you know we can't i, I mean you, i'm speaking for you i don't know but at least for me i can't do I couldn't do anything else except for music. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I couldn't see myself doing not music. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can feel like a burden, but like it's a gift that we have this ability to try to make it out the nine to five or mm -hmm. have this crappy boss that making us spend yeah. time away from our family or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, you're, it, it is good to be all in. It gets complicated when you try and have a family or you mm -hmm. try and have uh loved ones or anything like that i mean it's just like you know i've got a girlfriend right now and it's already become complicated and it's just like i didn't expect that to happen and i didn't i didn't expect to i didn't expect it to alter my my view of the future at all because i'm i was i thought i was pretty much all in mm -hmm. all set in on on this one thing happening but it makes you consider is like man do i really want to tour half of the year like, do I want to be gone away, like, for whatever amount of time? And, you know, 19-year-old Pablo said yes. Like, I said, yeah, I want that. I want to hit the road. I want to travel. I want to see the world. Mm. And I still do. And if I got that opportunity, I'd probably still take it. But it would hurt. But You have more baggage now, I guess. Not yeah, baggage, for but. sure. It's it's definitely more, uh, it's less, I'm less flexible because of it. So. I was... Cause so I'm very fortunate. My um pastor is really good at guitar, and he's he's probably one of the best the best guitar player I've ever met in my entire life, to be honest. And my dad um and him are very like you know um, big influences on my life musically and um, personally. And they introduced that idea to me at an you know recently, but fortunately at an early age that like I want to have a family, but I also want to do the music thing. So how am I gonna ha how is that gonna you know, is that going to happen? How am I going to do that? So I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. And like, uh, somebody told me once that your goals now are, are your goals now, but, but over time, like they're going to change. So like, right. which is what you're going through. 19 year old Pablo. Right. I'm going to hit it. And so you can't really can, I guess my head, I was like, I'm going to do this. Or I, got, I get so stressed about how I'm going to be in 30 at 30. Right. But I don't know what I'm going to be like at 30. I don't right. know what my goals are going right. to be at 30. Right. So I guess I got, just got to do what I believe in now mm -hmm. and align with, you know, align with my morals. And if, if it aligns with my morals and my, my goals, then that's all I can ask for. And if it changes, you know, when I'm 24 and I have a girlfriend or I want to get married, then it, you know, right. changes. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and but it's just like that being said, it's like I look at people like Joe Rogan and like um and like Bert Kreischer for say say for example, and like there's two different sides of of a similar coin, which is they're in comedy, they're in the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. One tours like crazy, the other one tours kind of when they want to, and it's like can't you know that's kind of my hopes with social media 
and all of this is to, to make a, a brand and a product yeah. that I can rely on and not be forced to hit the road more than I want to. That's exactly what I was, yeah. You know? To, yeah, right, right. And I think the thing that Joe Rogan has is his, uh, his personality. Like I watched right. this guy named Alex Eubank um, and he's this weightlifter and he's this influencer. He's like 23. Hmm. And he was like, he gets these comments like, you're not even that swole. Like, I don't understand why you're like, you're so successful rather than blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he says, you know, it's because I have, I've built my my personality and my brand to be marketable or whatever. Like people are attracted to his personality mm. more than his whatever, you know. Yeah. But, but that feeds itself. Like mm -hmm. his merch is selling great wherever. Like if he switches from like raw gear to like another thing, mm. that he... His fans follow him yeah. because he, they love his personality right. and they connect with him. Right. And I feel like if we hit it right, mm. it could be the same thing with our music. Right. Like maybe you you start out blues player and then you want to switch to R&B or rage or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then if your fan base likes your personality, then. That, mm. But music is way more personal. Yeah. And way more. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I see what you're saying about the social media thing like that's exactly what my goal is too because i definitely want to have a family eventually and i'm i'm setting up to have a family i just don't know how i'm going to get there yet you know what i mean yeah you know it's like time can't go back on time so it's like if you can think about what age do i want this to happen what age do i want this to happen it's like ultimately those ages can change as you grow and like you said you know goals will change it's good advice but like You know, if I can, I can I run as hard as I can at this thing mm. to do as much as possible to to set myself up. But then you got to have kind of like, okay, if I'm not doing X by Y, then I need to start changing my right. my plans. Like if I'm not this by that, you know, if I'm not doing X amount of dollars a year by 30 years old, maybe this really isn't working out for me. Maybe I'm fooling myself or whatever. I don't know. That's the stuff I think about. No, oh, me too, man. I get it. I was talking to this guy um, at a music store, and he told me that, because I was talking to him about this exact same problem that I was having, and he said that he had this friend who was, he, so he went the college route, mm. and now he's working, now he made this guitar store named um, 6060 Sound, and it... Um, that's what he's doing now. And his friend, she did a different route. She like just stuck with her guns and like, like you know, played mm -hmm. around and like mm -hmm. recorded. And now she has like the number one song in TikTok at, mm -hmm. at age thirty, mm -hmm. and she has a good chance of making it into a pop star. Mm -hmm. But if she would have given up at, you know, thirty, right? So it's like, right? No, for sure. I mean, you know, I saw an interview with Bonamassa said it took him seventeen years. Mm -hmm. You know, I started four years ago. So what would I be? I'd be friggin' uh 37 that's crazy that's gross i mean that's gross to think that like it's it's gross to think you have to 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 work that long without any promise of any success and like but that's that's very possible in the music industry it's like it's one of those you know entertainment business is one of those things like you have to commit to a long road long. 
to to really break through mm. you know and i i think i think we both can do that you know i think we can we can stand the test of time but it's such a time game it's like you have to outlast every everybody yeah right because yeah. everybody else is gonna stop let's say everybody else stops at 30 and you're the one yeah. and you were the ones left standing yeah yeah yeah. and then we have a chance to or, you know or whatever yeah or yeah i think that's kind of i mean you know i'm 18 so i don't really i think i have a good head on my shoulder but like back to, like to the girlfriend thing it's like mm. finding someone that aligns with my goals and like right. spirituality and like family ideals right at you know, I don't date just, I don't, I'm not dating to date around. I'm yeah. dating it. And I know it sounds crazy at 18, maybe. No, that's but like, correct. So when, cause I'm in it for the long run in music. Right. So she needs to be in the long run with me about, about my goals and everything. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I'm, there's going to be some, you know, leeway, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's, yeah. And they have to align with what I want. That's pretty much my situation too. My goals really haven't altered, but I can see how quickly things can alter, mm. you know? I can see how I consider things a little bit differently. But at the same time, it's like I'm on a mission. I've dedicated four years of my life to to this idea, and I'm still still gung-ho going for it. But it is, uh, you know, like you said, yeah, having someone who, who aligns with, with your values and aligns with your goal, then, like, it shouldn't matter. And it should make it easier in theory, you know. Right. And, like... And I find that it, I find that it does, you know, it keeps me, it, it keeps me from being distracted by, by trying to chase other girls or, or trying to, trying to feel some sort of void inside of myself and just like, I feel supported. I feel like I have someone who's on my team and that, you know, she's got a career that she's going to follow and that she's going to go do. And I've got a career that I'm going to go do. And like, we, we both are there for each other whenever we are off, but it's like, you know, just having a team, a teammate, you know, and that's yeah. very valuable for sure. Right. Especially like in the long run, like a wife, yeah, she's going to be the closest person to you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So having that teammate like there for you yeah, is, yeah, crucial. But that being said, it's like, we still haven't gone through any like touring or any yeah, right. crazy, right. crazy distance. So it's like, if you, if you can if you can keep your head down and, and put that I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> if, if, if you can put off having a girlfriend for as long as possible, bro, you'll you're gonna be way more flexible, you know. Takes a special woman to be date, you know, married to a musician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I would feel I would feel very fortunate when I get you know the one. Yeah. And grateful, you know. Yeah, man. But. Yeah, things are gonna, you know, things are changing <laughs> yeah. for for you at least, and for me. But like, you're starting to think about future way more. Like, right? You know, I'm hitting the ground running right now. Yeah. Four years later down the road, we'll see. You're aware, you know, right. four years down the road from me. So it's, yeah. And that's the nice thing about you know you being in my high school and like I always could look at you like, yeah. Okay, what is he doing? Like, mm-hmm. he's doing the podcasting now. You know, he's so like having the being fortunate to have somebody to look at, mm. kind of see what you're doing is very helpful. Yeah, and it's interesting that I'm starting to catch up to like 
now that I'm out of high school, you know, having those thoughts that you're having about family and like touring and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're 18, bro. Yeah, I know, right? When I was 18, I was getting shipped to LSU and I was not thinking about family, bro. No, dude. That, and that's kind of the thing that stresses me about, you know, Berkeley and stuff is like, that's four years of, and I don't know how intense, I mean, you know, once I go for a semester, we're going to see how intense it is. But like, depending on the intensity, four years of not being able to hit as hard as I want to do with my career, you know, be taxing. Yeah, but man, I'll say this is like, I do see, yeah, there's some people that have done their solo career from 18 and while I've been in college, but at the same time, college flies by so quick. Mm. And like, I was such a worse person at 18 <laughs> than I am now. So it's like, you know, there's so much value in growing through college like you know and not not to say that you can't still work on your career while right, you're right. and while you're at berkeley you'll definitely be helping your career definitely right right right. you know yeah. so that's not uh, a, mm -hmm. a a negative so yeah you know if i was 18 again i would if i knew what i knew now when i was 18 i would have a way different perspective of college because college is like one super short part of your life mm. you know four years out of 80 yeah, right. to 100 years is like what you put into college is going to drastically change mm. the outcome of your life interesting because college is one of the the most important four years of your life because mm. if i would have worked harder and been you know a mechanical engineer and seen that all the way through and done the <laughs> done what was hard in the short term, it might have been easier in the long term. Mm. You know, college is one of those times where like it's a big decision time. Like it's where the most, it, it's going to define the rest of your life the most out of any other four years. Mm. So like, you know, you want to stay away from bad influences. You want to stay. And I think you're, you're probably going to do better than I did <laughs> at LSU when you're at Berkeley, you know. But whenever you're fresh out of high school, you have to first figure out how to live on your own. Mm. And then you have to figure out how to socialize on your own, how to, like, integrate into a society. And, like, the people who surround you are going to influence your habits. They're going to influence your, you know the kind of people you meet and those people you meet are going to like are going to de decide, you know, the relationships you have as in with females like, oh, what females am I hanging around? Are these the the women that align with my values or are these women that I just want to be with because they're pretty and they're cute and oh, maybe I didn't realize that actually they're really really bad and dangerous for me and mm -hmm. like they really might mess up the rest of your life. Like Right. Yeah. You know, and you won't always know that. So it's better to it's better to stay young and to to stay innocent and like put not not put off growing up, but like allow yourself to be 18. Don't try and rush to the finish line because you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in a worse position by by rushing things and 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 you're going to miss out on that, that bigger opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. whenever you think things have to be a certain way, right. you're going to miss the opportunities. Like I know for me, um, 
for me going to LSU, it was very much so like I didn't have enough self-confidence or enough self, I didn't have enough self-actualization to know who I was. So going to LSU, I was so influenced by trying to fit in, Mm. fit into a fraternity, fit into what everyone else thought and what everyone else was doing. And that led me to act in ways that was not, you know, going to help me in the future. Yeah. And um, so that's that's why I'm so excited for you to go to Berkeley, man. Mm. It's like you're going to be surrounded by a whole different breed of people. All right. And, you know, it's going to do you a lot better. It's funny when you were talking about influences and people that were influencing you, going back to like, when you were talking about the managers and stuff, maybe like thinking about how, thinking about how those people affect you in just your everyday life. Imagine how they affect your music career too. Right. And like that was, that's my big thing is like putting together a team that aligns with me, whether that's, you know, my wife, a manager, my band, you know, because I think it would make life so much more easier in the long run. Like I say, I don't make it till I'm, 37, God forbid. Right. right. God forbid. <laughs> having those people there supporting me and like, you know, having the same values is probably more important than making it. Right. Because if you make it with, you know, people that you don't really care yeah. about. It's like the, uh, there's a quote, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like how, being rich and not having anybody to share it with. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you have, if you're surrounded by people you love, you're wealthier than you think. Mm. yeah for sure you know yeah and just just going back I don't mean to beat a dead horse or anything (laughs) but like I'm jealous of your youth man it's Mm. like if I was 18 again and I knew everything I knew now I would have just been so different like not to say that I've royally fucked up my life or anything (laughs) like no I didn't really but like you know sometimes it feels like that whenever you, you miss the opportunity to plant some of the seeds that you wish you would have planted, you know, and now I'm planting them and now I'm, I'm, I've on a way better track and I've got a great, great setup going on. So I'm super, super happy, but just like being young, you got to grow up. You have to learn how to be an adult and how to feed yourself, make money and, and do all that. That's very important, but you don't ever want to think that, like you need to be doing what some other kids your age are doing or whatever. Mm. Like, cause I mean, I don't want to diss anybody, but like I look at these kids, some of these kids in my grade, not to me, but you know, and it's like, you know, they're like drinking or partying. Right. 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 I hope they don't watch this cause they don't know who they are. But they're like, like, man, like, you know, I went to a graduation party. And And that's, that's everywhere, you know? And it's like, oh, let's go to Nighttown. Like, like, really? Like, yeah. Is Nighttown gonna, I mean, I get having fun. I'm like, you know, you just graduated and stuff. But like, is Nighttown really gonna help me in the long run, you know? Right. Or am I gonna do something stupid with somebody and like hinder my, you know, right. Whatever. Exactly. Because the next day I'm gonna be, you know, I've never experienced this, but the next day I'm gonna be hungover and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like, I think aligning yourself with your goals and sticking with that. And music saved me a lot of trouble in my life about like, I never felt left out or anything. Um, like not going to parties. Cause I would just go to my room and play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And like, 
that was way more fun to me than going flirt with some stupid girl that's drunk at a party yeah. that I'm never going to talk to again after, you know, or like whatever, or like getting drunk with my friend, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's like, and that's why I'm so grateful for music in general too, is like, that's like what was given me as, I think, I'd say it's a gift from God, like, and like having that lot, like guiding light in my life mm-hmm. has saved me so much trouble, mm-hmm. made me so many friends like that I would have never met. I was cool in high school because I played guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't play guitar, I may be like, I, I make friends pretty easily, but like nobody would know who I am, you know, if I didn't like, yeah. I mean, just very grateful for the yeah. ability to like of music and like the love for music. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, it's like still don't put too much value on being cool or put, don't put mm. too much value on people knowing who you are. You're going to get to, outside of high school and no one's going to know who you are. <laughs> right. No one. Zero. I went to LSU. There's 30,000 kids. I knew nobody. You know, it's like, it felt like I was in, I was completely invisible. That's what it felt like. You know what I mean? And that took some getting used to, but it's freeing in one sense. It's freeing to not have some small community where everyone knows what you're doing. All right. You know, but take some getting used to, you know? Yeah. And it's way more important to be happy with yourself and no one knowing who you are than trying to have everyone, you know, trying to trying to shout about yourself in, in, in the room, you know? Mm. Trying to be the loudest in the room. Mm. That's not what you want, you know? Mm. You want to be humble and you want to make sure you always remember that everyone is equally valued. Mm. You know, it's like, the, the problem with ego really is thinking that you're worth more than somebody else mm. or like your, you know, your life is, has some sort of different value right. or your experience is more important. And, you know, no one really deserves special treatment. Mm. We're lucky, you know, we've been privileged to get the, the hands, the, the, the cards dealt to us the way they are, mm. but you're really going to fly high if you, if you stay humble and stay hungry and, and not, you know, as, as soon as you start thinking that you're worth more than other people, you're going to fall behind, you know? Yeah. So, and that's hard to do. It's hard to do because, you know, when you see improvement and you're better than you were yesterday, you're, you're, you're better than some version of yourself. Then you start to think that you're better than other people mm. and that people smell that mm. and people, yeah, people, you know, We'll, we'll turn that down because that's part of chemistry. Chemistry is something that is felt through the air. It's something mm-hmm. that's like, it, it's like a, the way a, a string vibrates and that, that vibration, you know, pushes the air. It's a physical phenomenon. It's like people's attitudes and people's uh, perceptions of themselves are felt by everyone in the room. Mm. And so it's, it's super, super important to always respect everyone equally and to to be humble and to just be eager to to be better but never forget that even some kid who who sucks like at whatever he's doing like is still you know a human being you know yeah definitely cool yeah man and and that's the kind of thing like i've seen it i've seen it before man kids who are great, great guitar players get turned down because 
they they don't have a good perception of reality and they don't mm. have a good perception of their place mm. in the band or right or their place in society and it's like you know i've been on tours where say it's, it's a big it's a big entourage of people mm. like we're touring with five tour buses and three semi trucks <laughs> and there's a stage crew there's a lighting crew uh, you know, sound crew, musicians, uh, security, all of all a hundred of these people are touring together. We're we're all on the bus. We're sleeping in bunk beds away from our families. Like we're all going to do this thing. We're all there, but only the musicians are on stage. Only the musicians get the limelight. But at this at the same time, it's like every you have to respect all of those people because everyone's putting in work everyone's there to to make this thing happen mm. couldn't happen without any of them you know anyone in particular and it's like you have to always respect you know everyone as a human being and that's professionalism mm. that's what it means to be uh you know to be a good hang interesting yeah, yeah. you know it's like and some of those merch people some people were just there to sell merchandise and they're on tour with us too. And like, we're playing one arena. Everyone has to pack up, leave that night and go play the, the next arena. It's the same people. We're all eating the same catering backstage. Yeah. We're all eating the same food. But it's like, you know, some of those, some of those people got paid more than some of the musicians on yeah, that tour. Right. Yeah, interesting. Because some musicians pay to get on tour. You know, if there's a big tour... And you're a small artist, you know, but you have, say you've got big management, mm. that big management has big pockets. They can pay to put you on a big tour so you can be exposed to a big audience, right? Mm. So say, you know, say Joe Bonamassa's got a big old tour, but Josh Mendoza's a small blues artist. You got a big manager. He's going to put the money up front to put you on that tour, expose you to his audience. Maybe you'll steal some audience, but... You're going to have to pay that money back. Right. But that's not the point. Point being, some people are paying to be there. Some people are getting paid to be there. Um, and we can't always think, oh, the spotlight's on us. Like, it's all about us. Mm. Because that's just not the reality of yeah, it. It's right. like, the reality is, there's a lot of people working hard to make something happen. So, mm. you know, even if it's just the guy moving your guitar case, he's just as valuable as you are. Do you find camaraderie? camaraderie camaraderie and that like idea that everybody's there to make including you to make like this show happen mm. like how did that how did that make you feel as like a, a musician did it change your mindset a little bit like of like i'm here with all these people lights you know the people that are doing the food just to make um whoever i'm playing with you know the show happen right it, d it definitely did change my perception man so whenever I played these these arena tours, it was like it was like big league stuff, right? But it made me realize how I'm such a small puzzle piece. Like mm -hmm. I'm such a small piece of this giant production. Right. And uh and it definitely did change my perception, you know. Obviously there's different levels to musicians and some have been in the game for a long time and right, right. earned the respect to to you know have more more authority like more say whenever right. we're walking back there you know 
I'm just I'm just an opening act guitar player. It's very All different right. than being Snoop Dogg. <laughs> right. um, but yeah. at the same time, it's like to just be a small piece of that. Like my my relationship with like the merch guy or the sound guy is like, oh, okay. We're all seeing everybody do it, seeing everybody wake up. Everyone's so tired. Everyone's exhausted. Like you have to, you know, the, the show ends at the arena. You get on the, the bus, go back to your hotel, sleep for three hours. And then you have to wake up and get on the bus to travel to the next city, you know, in time. And you get to sleep three hours on the bus. So your nights are all broken up. Like you don't get a solid session of sleep. Right. So everyone's exhausted. Everyone's tired. Seeing everyone show up and still do it and still have a good attitude. That was like, oh man, like respect. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like people are, are really away from their families doing this thing for a living and you, you got to respect it. You know, it's just. It, it definitely changes your perception of, of what it takes. It takes a lot. All right. You know? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing seeing everyone be exhausted, that is a, <laughs> that's a little bit of camaraderie, man. Everyone, you know, kind of makes a joke about the food or whatever. But, it, you know, we had good food. But, like, um, just trying to make a, a joke about sleep that no one got and then, and then showing up and doing the work, having a smile on your face. And that's that's where the good attitude comes in. When everyone's exhausted, no one wants to see a, a diva guitar player like <laughs> yeah. like you know where's my where's my pedal board like <laughs> you guys didn't move my pedal board where i said or like this or that and it's like that's not what it's about man yeah, right, right. you know yeah like you gotta you gotta have a good attitude because you'd have no idea what everyone else is going through mm. and people are working hard and people have been working hard and that's another thing too it made me realize like the people who are at the top been doing it a long time mm. so it's like you always have to pay respects to the people who've been doing it longer than you because it's hard and it's it's very demoralizing sometimes sometimes it, you feel like you don't have any motivation to keep going but some people stick stick through it so even if someone is even if someone's playing and maybe you don't like their playing so much just the fact that they've kept up and they haven't been demotivated and like they've stuck with it for longer than you, you have to respect them. Mm. You have to to always respect your elders and respect the the people who came before you because it's very grueling and it's hard and it's like exhausting. And, <laughs> you know, if, if they keep up with it and they're still doing it 10 years later, then they obviously are, are working hard, have worked hard, and obviously they love it. And so, you know, that's the most important thing, man is the respect for other people. Mm. If you remember that, man, you'll be good, man. You'll, you'll <laughs> be mean, good. It makes sense, yeah. If you remember that, like, you're going to fly high because you just got to be easy to work with. Mm. And that's the majority of it. You know, we played the show. We only played a 30-minute set, you know? We're traveling all, we're doing all this work to right. play 30 minutes. Crazy. Right? Yes. But, but think about that 30 minutes is such a small fraction of time compared to all the time that we're traveling and hanging out together. So if no one likes to hang out with you, they don't care how well you play in the 30 minutes because we're on the bus for 48 hours or, you know, whatever the tour is, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you have to be a better hang and a good person before you get considered to be a good guitar player. Like, interesting. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Cause like, 
there's thousands and thousands of guitar players that could take your place. Mm -hmm. But like being the humble one, putting your head down, like showing your respect. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of guitar players do that. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And like, if they don't do it, then they're not big. You know what I mean? That is that. Mm. That's the, that's the big point. Like, um, I had a chance to see, um, uh, Eric Clapton with the Jeff Beck uh, mm-hmm. tribute in Royal Albert Hall mm-hmm. and like Clapton like you know he played his three songs and I mean I was, it was crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> but like when he when he um, called Gary Clark Jr. to come up he stepped back mm-hmm. and played rhythm for Gary Clark Jr. Mm-hmm. and it was like mm. the humility mm. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton Jr. is looking back like, <laughs> you know what I mean? When your rhythm guitar player is Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton, yeah, and Doyle Brainwall too, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. the humility Eric Clapton had to like, mm-hmm. give Eric Clark Jr. that like, um, spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. To like, do his thing. And you know, Eric Clark Jr. is a very humble guy too, but like, I mean, it was just crazy to me that like, Clapton, you know, and that's the kind of person I want to be like and strive for at the at the end of the day is like maybe I'll make it in music, maybe I don't. But no matter what, I still want to be that like a good person because mm-hmm. that's what really matters. Yeah. And like people people look up to like when I'm at least for high school, like people looked up to me a lot like and I was in the I guess the limelight a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. like yeah. in our high school. And like if I was like promoting like you know drinking or like sex or like drugs (laughs) right like yeah to like these young kids you know what i'm saying like then what's the point of even being on the spotlight if you're not like you're not not leading by example exactly yeah 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 and that's i mean like a lot of those guitar players that are like like you know like hendrix i mean there's i'm not saying hendrix is a perfect guy but mm-hmm. like there's, I mean, everyone about Hendrix says he was humble off stage. Mm-hmm. And when it was on, when he was on stage, he was on stage. Like, you know, he did his thing. But when he got off stage, humblest guy ever. Yeah. Um, Derek Trucks, you know, I see, I've seen him three times. And like, I actually like snuck in and watched him like set in, set up and stuff. <laughs> and like, he like led, he was like the group, like he was the leading. Mm-hmm. But he was so humble. Like, you know, when he talked to anybody else mm-hmm. and all those guitar players that have made it were had humble, they were humble the whole way and like they paid their dues to get where they were. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like them leading, like a kid like me, you know, looking up to them. So when I play, I want to do the same thing. Have somebody just be like, earn the admiration. Mm-hmm. Cause just cause I'm a guitar, guitar player, a good guitar player doesn't mean I should get admiration. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that being said is like, when you're trying to talk to somebody and you're trying to find find it in yourself to humble yourself, like I always just try and remember there's no amount of success that's going to make you immortal. Mm. There's no amount of success yeah. that's going to make you live forever. Mm. And everyone's going to face that. Yeah. And like to... To remember that, that equalizes everyone. It's like that levels the playing field. Like we're all just out here playing in the sand. Like we're having a good time. Just remember that it's play 
even though we're working hard, it's like, remember, we're just, it's temporary to enjoy it, to do it, to do it to the fullest, but it's temporary. Mm. And if we get too caught up in thinking that this is set in stone, it's like, we're, we're going to lose sight of the fact that we're playing. Yeah. You know, All right. I'm working hard, but we still play music. We don't work music. Yeah. You know, it's like, that is a privilege to get to play in your career but don't get too stressed out because it is temporary mm. you know yeah that's a good point like i get so stressed out about like <laughs> like oh no like, how am i gonna make it like oh, there's no way i'm gonna make it or whatever yeah. but like it's temporary at the end of the day yeah i'm like yeah that's and going back to the thing like giving somebody like when you're playing live, you give somebody your all mm-hmm. and try to connect with them. Mm-hmm. That's all they can, you know, that's all mm-hmm. we can do. And like the thing that I thought I always thought about live performance was cool is like, you're never going to play that again the same way. Yeah. And so like giving that to them and giving them your all, that's mm-hmm. all we can ask for. Yeah. As musicians. Yeah. You're sharing this moment. It's so, the moment is even more temporary than mm. a whole life. It's like we're sharing this one moment together and that's what's so important about a live event opposed to like when COVID happened, trying to do all this online stuff. I mean, it doesn't work because people need to gather together to share one moment and mm. share yeah. share that air. Mm. As that air is being pushed yeah. and that air is being moved, that's hitting everyone in the chest. Like that is a shared experience. And as the tension is released and, and relieved, People feel that together. People, people, you know, can all yeah. relate to that, and that brings people together. And that's that's the kind of thing that heals people because without anyone saying anything, people are feeling the same thing. Yeah, you know, right. it's like putting a bunch of people on the same page. How can you put five hundred thousand people all on the same wavelength? You know. That's a crazy yeah, that's thought, crazy. but you know, Woodstock happened and then people realized like, yo, you could have a crazy amount of people come together peacefully and share a moment mm. and like everything be okay for a moment, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's powerful, man. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We get to do that, man. Dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. 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 That's how I felt, yeah, about, like, going back to ISS. That was my first experience of, like, I don't know, I mean, feeling that, like, everybody, like, you know, it was, like, my age, like, mm-hmm. and it was, like, we were all in the same, like, we were just there to have fun and, like, like, I mean, it was, it was like, we were all locked, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. moving the same way, with, mm-hmm. whether it's their hands, whether it's my guitar playing, it's, like, everybody's locked in on one wavelength and, like, mm-hmm. this one moment in time, like, Mm-hmm. Never gonna happen again, but like mm-hmm. that's the power of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, life is so distracting. Like, there's so many things that grab our attention. Mm-hmm. Social media, all it does is try and take your attention and you know redirect your attention. But you know, live music is one of those things that makes people forget about all the weird things they were worrying or thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like, and dancing does that too. You know. It's such a physical experience that it gets you out of your head. 
And that ties in with like good guitar playing, you know, getting out of your head and getting into the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's the flow state is like the, the ability to be in the moment, to escape from all the mental torment and all of that. Like, yeah, that's what people really strive for. It's like this true escapism. I wonder if people realize, like the audience realizes how therapeutic music is for like us on stage as much mm. as it is for them. Cause like, it's true for me, like when I'm have like a guitar solo, mm-hmm. it's like everything stops. And like, I bring all the pain that I had like through my day or through my month or whatever. And I just throw it up, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> like give it up. It's done. Yeah. You know? And like, the music takes the place of that. Yeah. And it's like a refresh. It's like a, mm-hmm. a shower music. You feel clean after. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, it's crazy. And it, and it stops my mind completely because mm-hmm. I don't have to think about I When I'm playing a solo, I'm not thinking about where my fingers go. I'm not thinking about what I had lunch yesterday. I'm thinking about like, I'm not <laughs> like my mind's just blank. And like, sometimes like, it's crazy what comes out too, you know, when you listen yeah. to it and you're like, wow, can't believe I did that. Yeah. Humbly. yeah no i feel that too sometimes live i totally impress myself i'm like i can't i never did that before yeah like i can't believe that happened and and that's only and if you didn't record it then only the people there got to experience it and the rarity and the 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 just the pure like well, passion and, and the unexpectedness, the mm. the the unplanned, the yeah. the spontaneous, the, the 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 moment that you you could not predict, you could not replicate, yeah. you could not, you know, you you could not communicate that moment to somebody who was not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, your drummer hits that snare right, or like that crash right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know that's that's awesome, man. <laughs> excited, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I'm super excited for you, man. Thank you, thank for you. for real. Yeah, I mean, I'm like so excited for the journey. Like, I feel like I have my whole like life now that I'm like you know done with high school and everything. It's like I can finally like do music the way I want to do it. I'm like. Yes, you're, I get. You're ner- really starting the journey, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You I just get started. Nervous about like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to make it at like 24 or whatever. Right. But like, but like, I have my whole like life now, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for your stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'll show you some stuff after this. Oh, man. really? Yeah. 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 I'll, sh- I'll show you how different and how <laughs> how weird my brain works, but. But that's the thing too about an EP or whatever, like my, mm-hmm. my EP, your album maybe. I don't know if it's an album or not. But like that's a moment in time right. of you trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. You know? Right. Like you're never going to get that back. And that gave me some closure um, mm. in my EP too because I was like, oh. Yeah, it's just like, a chapter. My voice is way better now. And everybody yeah. tells me that, you know. Mm. But it's like, like I'm proud of me pushing through the obstacles that I had to get through to release that EP. Yeah. Whether that was mentally or like, you yeah. know, out, outward, um, mm-hmm. like problems or whatever, you know, sure. like pushing through those problems that you're facing right now to release mm-hmm. 
that moment in time, Pablo Perrin, 2023. Yeah. This is me now. Yeah. yeah. You can look back, you know, when you're 50, show your kids and be like, this was me like at, you know, mm-hmm. this time of my life. Yeah. Never going to get that back, but it was cool how it lasted. Yeah. And maybe the songs are going to, I don't know um, if you've like played live songs before that you've released or had enough time to like, mm-hmm. but like for me, I've had enough time. I mean, <laughs> I've had one year since I've released it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like just from like that one year, like mm-hmm. those songs mean different things to me now. Sure. Like SOS, it was one of my songs off my EP and it was about getting, having this girl stuck in your head. Like you can't think about anything else besides for her. Now it was like me trying to figure out this problem that I was having with like my um, parents and like the Berkeley thing and like being cut, like being divided with that situation. Yeah. I was like, I need help. Yeah. I need an SOS. Wow. I, need, I can't get this out of my head and I'm yeah. getting put. So the song says, like I'm lost in your ocean, but the ocean was really now my two parents pushing on me to make a decision. And like that song means something completely different to me now wow. than it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's like the crazy thing about music therapeutically is like now I realize that how music can be so like, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking for a word, but it's like, like when somebody, when I listen to like, a song I'm thinking it completely different than like the person that wrote it and mm-hmm. it's the same thing like now SOS means mm-hmm. something completely different to me now yeah and then it did to me um when I first made it imagine yeah. the audience right you know yeah it'll be interpreted so many ways that's really cool to me yeah yeah it's like feelings are so subjective and they could you know people can feel such a wide range of things but like there's still humans still seem simple in some regard that like we there like we still relate to the same things and we still we we still all face the same pains even though we experience way different things it's like the the things that are causing us the pain can be vastly different but it's the human experience seems so relatable it's like, you know, even in, and like I said, how big the world feels. And I've seen all these different walks of life. I'm like, I can't, I didn't even know someone could look like that. <laughs> like I didn't even know a human like that could possibly exist, but here they are. And I'm like, but at some, at some point we have to have had the same exact experiences. Like we had to have the same exact pains and the same mm-hmm. exact feelings. Like that's wild, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're all here on this earth together. Mm-hmm. I wish people would understand that too. Like, yeah. you know, you can't judge anybody because we're all, they've had their problems, we've had their problems, and a lot of our problems may interlock and interline. Yeah. And like, we can find solace in that. Yeah. No matter where you come from or, yeah. Or somebody may have the same goals as you. Yeah. And you never know. If you don't introduce, if you're not humble enough to like talk to them or whatever. You know? Yeah. It's weird. It's like, um, I feel that within myself that I mentally can logic my way into understanding how world peace should be a thing. But at the same time, primally having uh, prejudices or, uh, you know, things that I feel separate from other people. And it's like that duality is, is always 
troubling to me that at, at some point I find myself like, how could people, how could people be so cruel, but yet still hurting people at the same time, still hurting so many people and making so many mistakes. And it's just, it's so strange to, to see that we're, we're just spinning in circles. Everyone, everyone knows what's good and what's bad, but yet here we are still, still just making a ton of mistakes. Repeating too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird, man. It's so, uh, it's so strange. And going back to what you said earlier about the music thing is like, that's what's even more crazy is that music can align mm-hmm. these people with, yes. you know, yes, crazy. Yes. Dude. I think if you want the world to change, you got to do it through music. I think so. And that's what's crazy to me that we have this, you know, thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, how lucky are we to like, mm-hmm. it's like magic. Right. It really is like it is, yeah. magic in your hands. Like you can make somebody feel something. Maybe you can't express it through your words, but you can play it on the guitar mm-hmm. and they'll know what you mean. Yeah. Like, damn, I had a crappy day. Play a blues lick, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I, you know. Yeah, whatever. You play that lick and it's like, mm. damn, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. You can change, change the world, change the culture, you know? You can, you can do unbelievable things with music but you could also get so caught up in your own head and you can get in your way and you can lose sight of who you are become inauthentic you could you know lose sight of what you truly value you can lose sight of you know why you started doing this in the first place you know but at the end of the day, we're all just kids playing in the sand. So, dude, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm stoked for you. I I hope you can come back on the pod after Berkeley, definitely, and definitely. and you know we can have another conversation about what you learned and all that. And you know, we'll keep up, man. Yeah, once we both make it too. We'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right on, man, dude. Thank you for coming. You thank know, thank you for having me. So, you know, let the people know what you got going on, where they can hear your stuff, and. Yeah, so I um, I got a an EP out named Just Another Love Song. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Uh, Just Another Love Song by Josh Mendoza. Um, got some cool things in the works too, so I'm excited. And I would like to uh, actually document. I'm starting. I want to start to document this journey of my journey through music right out of high school. Um, so be looking out for that because I think it's a magical thing to have, like, to be able to look back at me now you know just like this podcast like this podcast is a moment in time that i may forget about when i'm 20 but i can look back at this video and be like so i'm excited a lot of things in the work let me cook you know (laughs) awesome man dude awesome josh mendoza thank you for coming goodbye everybody